0: Ah, there we go. That took a minute. Took a minute, but it worked. Now we're here. We're here. Hello. Hello. How you guys doing? Ah, chatting it up. Chatting it up. Two days. Probably not going to do tomorrow, so uh, wanted to get one in here. Ah. Uh, Beautiful day in the city, feeling good. Uh, my grill isn't here yet, but when I get it, I'm gonna go to town. And as I said, I hope you guys are the first to find out. You guys will be the first to see the, uh, the setup, which will be very, very elementary. Don't roast me. I'm, I'm a virgin griller. I don't need a bunch of smart Alec remarks. Uh, and also, uh, maybe show you uh, how I do it, how I cook it up. We'll see. Not yet, though. Right now, I'm in here. I'm in here looking out the window, trying not to get my neighbor mad at me again. Although now, it would be more than just him because uh, it's, it's grilling season, so I got neighbors very close on every side, and uh, someone's going to call the cops if I start if I keep hollering out there. So I'll try to holler in here. Keep hollering about the Anubis right here for you people and not get me in trouble with uh, the uh, police or anything. I definitely don't need a couple of frickin' Staten Island NYPD psychopaths to show up and put me in a chokehold. No, thank you. Hell yes, the Snyder Cut will be released, and I gotta say, I mean, it is absolutely a symbol of greater bankruptcy, and it's a symbol of just the lack. I mean, they're doing this because... One, they're out of ideas. And two, they literally can't make other movies right now. This is just a way to, to take something that they have and had no use for and now can actually get some money from. I mean, they're pawning the silverware. It is really a sign that, that uh, the economy is, specifically the entertainment economy, is in a crisis that it might not recover from. And if it, it does, it won't look the same. Uh, but at the same time, God, I want to see it. If it's really three and a half hours, three and a half hours of superhero movies by a guy who hates superheroes, specifically Superman. God. It'll be great. It'll be fun. I can't wait. 2021, hope we make it, guys. Hope we make it, fam. Hope we make it so that we can all be in our third quarantine and watch the fucking Snyder Cut. Uh, I started watching the, the Plinkett review, but the thing is, I didn't watch the show, and I don't care about Star Trek, so it's like, I can't actually get into this. I still like those guys, obviously, and I like their Star Trek stuff, Star Wars stuff, but i have never Trekkie. Honestly, podcasts might be, might be one of the few things to survive. Uh, I mean, not necessarily the ad-supported ones, but... Just because of the overhead compared to other entertainment products, uh, it can be viable in a way that, uh, that a lot of these other ones might not be. Yeah, that's the other thing, is that podcasting can be done in quarantine. I mean, they can't shoot movies right now if they wanted to. If they wanted to make more money off their investments, like the the, the sunk costs of all the debt service for for all the maintenance of the physical plant, they can't do it. Anybody can still be recording podcasts, everyone. Of course, that means you could get a real... Because we thought we hit peak podcasts, but that was before this. Now, podcasting, you know, becomes one of the only viable uh, entertainment sectors that could reliably produce new material. People say animated movies, sure, but those turn- the turnarounds much, much slower. And, of course, barrier for entry is much higher. So we might finally get to the Andy Warhol Everyone Has a Fucking Podcast that spends 15 minutes on the iTunes Top 100. I don't hate Chris Hedges. I just think that he is—he's uh, exactly the kind of guy you don't want on your side in any kind of argument because he embodies all of the most uh, off-putting uh, elements of of left uh, uh, political culture—the this, this stiff-necked puritanism of uh, of uh, like the congregationalist reformers of the 19th century—and like those people had, were, were allies, but they should not be uh, shaping. Uh, Arguments on behalf of the left because they're not really pitching towards those people. I, by which I mean regular people. How do I feel about Destiny the streamer? How? Why would you ask me that? Come on, people. What do I think of Eastwood's Richard Jewell? I've said this before, so I won't say too much more, but I think it's fantastic. I think it's amazing. I feel like for all of the missteps and sort of half-assed shit that he has done in the last 20 years when he's just been banging them out and not really caring too much, he maybe accidentally he fucking hit a goddamn home run. Just not even trying to, I don't even know. But or maybe he was. Maybe he was trying to get at something with other projects that he couldn't quite put into words and this is finally the right combination of of like true story, uh point of view character, stakes to actually stick it because Eastwood's movies I and mean, you can look back at even the really bad ones like American Sniper which is a p- terrible movie it has awful politics but in addition to that is a shitty film it is a bad even as an action movie the action scenes are dog shit because Eastwood is a is a, a corner cutting motherfucker of course there's CGI instead of real squibs of course first shot of the movie is it blowing somebody away from long distance and of course it's, squib city, it's a fucking CGI city. Even as an action film, it fails. But he's been trying to say something about the crisis of American masculinity, which, of course, people have been trying to articulate for decades now. Uh, and I think he got—he's been trying to get at an essential quality of it, an essential conflict at the heart of like trying to be a guy in America uh, when the when you're in a transitional state away from valuing the 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 sort of male attributes that built the society and the social structure that you were uh, brought into. But are now the material conditions are sh- changing. But, of course, they're changing ahead of the change in the culture. And that creates this space of vertigo and this is uncertainty. And how do we fill it? And very few movies talk about that. I mean, they're too anxious about the subject. They're just going to primly, like, toxic masculinity. Or if they're, you know, just shitheaded, they're just going to bat... You know, they're going to reactionarily uh, just wallow in toxicity for its own sake without even reflecting on it. I feel like Eastwood is actually not, he's not trying to trigger the libs. As funny, as, as much as they pitch that movie as triggering the libs, and as much honestly as the log line makes it look like it's supposed to trigger the libs, innocent man who's just trying to save the day is harassed by the fake news media, academia, and uh, uh, the FBI, just like a certain someone I know. The actual movie itself is not like that. The actual movie itself is an incredibly perceptive and nuanced examination of how class intersects with masculinity uh and whiteness, of course also really good and i want to do a so i want to do a uh i want to do an episode with me and Will where we just talk talk about it. It's on streaming now, so I think soon we're gonna we're gonna watch it. I don't know we might do a commentary track, but honestly i think. We might just do a regular episode. It'll be one of the rare ones where we're talking about a movie that's actually un, un, uh, unironically really, really good and not something where you're trying to pick the, the shit out, you know, pick the oats out of the shit. Like, this is a real gem. A cut gem, as it, as it were, since Eastwood is a goy as hell. Or wait a minute, no, that's the wrong way. I've showered, shut up. I didn't see Dragged Across Concrete because I I knew like his re- his his last two movies almost like a week after they left theaters were on streaming on Amazon, so I just thought I'd wait and then it, and then fucking tra- Dragged Across Concrete went to uh, Cinemax which I don't have and now I'm honestly just it's spite I will not pay money to see it so I'm just gonna have to wait for it to eventually because I know that the minute I fucking rent it. It'll be somewhere that I uh, could stream for free, and nobody say torrent it. I don't know how to do that. One honestly, one time I tried to torrent something, and my computer nearly fucking had smoke coming out of it. I do not know how to do that. I see that uh, I see that Wall is on. Yeah, but still, that's a hell of a coup. I honestly would not want to talk to Jacob Wall just because I don't want to pierce the veil. He's doing something that's operating at such a higher level than most other people in, in comedy, and it's certainly in political comedy. I mean, most importantly, like when you consider the, the wasteland that is political comedy in this country, the, the absolute just nadir, the shit level of quality. Uh, I mean, my God, quality, a comedy is so bad under Trump that people think we're funny, our show is funny. Because compared to everything else, it actually kind of is. And I think that Morse just speaks to the, the absolute paucity of the of the of the genre in this age of Trump. The inability of anybody to figure an angle that is actually funny for it. <coughs> uh, so with that the case, with With comedy so dog shit in politics, Wall is the king. Wall is is absolutely uh, killing it. Because I don't, and I can't even, I mean, Andy Kaufman is the comparison, but honestly, it's, I think, an even level beyond Andy Kaufman. Because I feel like Jacob Wall has truly gotten to the point where he doesn't care what anyone thinks of him, where he is in turn, like his, uh, his performance is either a subconscious or a conscious perf- uh, performance of total submission to the, uh, to the psychology of online, to the psychology of fame in the era of the internet. The idea that there is no distinguishing char- figure. There is no distinguishing characteristic between good and bad, Fame, good and bad notoriety, good and bad press, any of that. That, all, that being a thing is all that matters. Being a media thing is the only thing that defines your life. It is what separates you from the people who increasingly are seeing their lives not only determined by, you know, uh, spiritual enemy that comes from working uh, jobs that they don't love, compromise, most people, fight club era, but now actually have the wolf at their door materially. More and more, we're going to see it. And, and one thing that is almost a sure guide ramp away from that is fucking fame. You can squeeze some juice out of almost any fucking lemon if you've got a little bit of fucking fame. If you've got a little bit of notoriety, you can prime the pump. And, I mean, even if that means, like, I mean, that's going all the way through every level of the economy from, you know, Tom Cruise to a fucking uh, to podcasters uh, to, to Twitch streamers. To people with OnlyFans and, and and ChatterBait, notoriety is the only surefire or mostly surefire escape hatch from just the banality and 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 uh, and uh, immiseration of modern life. And so, the best way to secure that is to not care what the attention is. Like Wall truly doesn't care what people think of him. In a way that no, no internet prankster, no Andy Kaufman could ever say. Like Every fucking black pill teenager who like makes fun of cringe would die if someone that they respected, uh, another, another black pill person, thought that they weren't twisted. That they weren't epically fucking twisted. Same thing with all the alt-right people. You don't want people to think that you're a cuck. And of course, obviously, it's on the left. It's incredibly important. Like no matter what your performance is towards somebody, no your hostility or anything, there is some things you won't say and some things you won't do because you want someone somewhere to think uh, that you're doing a good job. You don't want everyone to think you're an asshole. Jacob Wall's shtick is ins- ensures that everyone will think that he's an idiot because right wingers don't. I mean, come on. Like, his stuff is, is embarrassing. No one takes it seriously. It undermines the right wing. But he's also too absurd for anybody, and he's too good at keeping a poker face for anyone to, to, to dare suggest that he might be in on it to the degree that he shouldn't be shunned. Uh, and then just like, as an operator, he looks like a clown because none of his ops work. They all blow up in his face. It's pure entertainment value. He's doing it purely to entertain. And that entertainment doesn't have to be connected to any feeling about him. And that is pure. All other entertainment, there is an ego. There's an ego hitching a ride that wants to be seen a certain way by certain people. It might be a very small group. Fuck everyone else, but there's someone I want to impress. Someone I want to recognize what I'm trying to do. Who catches the wink. Even if it's a very slight wink, they catch the wink. Wall, unlike everyone. And I'm, I'm, like I'm saying, Sam Hyde to fucking uh, uh, Kaufman to everybody. He does not blink. And so the, I, I just thought, I wouldn't want to talk to him. How am I going to, how can I possibly uh, engage with him? I don't want to assume anything about what he really believes and what he really thinks. And I certainly can't credit anything he would tell me as meaning anything. I mean, is he just totally vapid? Is he a pure product of his environment? Because his dad is a fucking oaf. His dad is a psycho right wing uh, media huckster from California, uh, an ambulance chaser, too, I think. Uh, he, so, uh, born into this life, I mean, maybe he is just that pr- transparent and that stunted that he has just p- totally had that worldview impressed upon him to the point that it's translucent even to himself. That would be fascinating but I wouldn't know from his answers if that were the case or if he's on a 50-level irony regression that no one could possibly follow. It's, I just don't want to tempt fate. You know, I feel like Indiana Jones. When they open the uh, Ark of the Covenant, you close your fucking eyes. But if anybody else wants to interview him, I'll probably listen to that, yeah, but still. I'm just curious. Apparently Brandon Wardell wanted him to name five hot babes. That's kind of funny. I wonder what he said. Oh, Jack Berkman is amazing. Where the fuck did he get that guy? The fucking... The turtleneck... Uh, the turtleneck sport jacket combination that... It, it suggests the... As Felix said, that turtleneck suggests the um, neck brace that you know he's usually wearing to small claims court. Fly down! At the Mueller one, the first big one. Fly down. Putting the thing on the MS... Oh my god. I mean... He looks like a 90s softcore porn actor. He looks like he was in a movie with fucking Shannon Tweed. Like, uh, yeah, uh, Hushed Encounters or something. Tampa Nights. I did not read the Tracy Nagel piece. I saw excerpts. Uh, if anyone has, I mean, he's blocked, but Brace Belden has an account where he, he went through it and I agree with him. Uh, it's just hard not to see it all as a, as, as part of the score settling because, you know, you had, you had the rad libs and you had the, and you had the class reductionists and they were all like eyeing each other across the, the, across the thoroughfare during that whole Bernie campaign. They were keeping their powder dry and now Bernie's gone. Boom. The guns are back out and it's back to the exact same arguments which is what kind of made me have my moment of realizing, oh my God, we're right back where we started. Like when that whole, should people do slurs in DSA thing, it's like, how do you not get a just soul-drenching horror of deja vu, knowing that this is the exact same fucking argument? With, and no one has progressed... All the Bernie campaign did was just give everybody something else to talk about for a while. Now, if he'd won, I think, over time, some of that friction would have resolved itself just through actual engagement with the world. Like, oh, Bernie's in charge now. We actually have a project. And I think some people would splint off and be like, no, fuck this. I need to maintain my my sanctity. But I think a lot of people, a lot of the more good faith people who are there and have to be reckoned with and, and are ignored by both sides would have come together. But sadly, it was, it was abortive. And now a lot of it's just thrown back up the barricades. It's very disappointing to see. I will say that uh, it's very funny that Trace, Michael Tracy is writing this article about how Bernie, you know, wasn't... He didn't have an Americanist enough uh, uh, socialism. Like his, his, his populism was not flavored with America because it was too adulterated with the ideas of these radical identitarians online who he has to please. There was a candidate who had the campaign that Michael Tracy wanted, and he recognized that, and he supported her and doggedly, followed her around the place, and her name was fucking Tulsi Gabbard. I've seen, I was at the Iowa cornfuck, and I saw Tulsi Gabbard give her stump speech. I nearly passed out. She does exactly what he talked about. Yeah, flag, apple pie, blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, that rad lib Virgil asked her if she was an anti-imperialist and she said, I'm pro-American. And of course, jaded Brooklynites rolled their eyes at that. But that's exactly the kind of answer that uh, Michael Tracy would want to a question like that. And it got her nowhere. And more importantly than it didn't get her nowhere with the, with the, with the voters, it got her nowhere with the press and the party either. She was still persona non grata. She was still the craziest sad apologist. She was still someone who no respectable person could engage with. So that implies that if Bernie was as indigestible by the party as we all now know he had to have been for what they did, he was that indigestible, then his gestures towards fucking uh, 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 patriotic piety would have fucking been rejected. And the idea that there is some mass of people who aren't paying attention to the media to have that shaped, yeah, they weren't paying attention then. They stayed not paying attention. They continue to not pay attention because they are broken off from the political system. That's what we discovered during this campaign. Bernie fucked up a lot of things, but that was the fundamental juncture. Where it was fucked up. And no amount of messaging at any level of the campaign strategy was going to change that. You needed to change the conveyor belt of ideology to action operating in huge chunks of the working class in this country. And the fucking Sanders campaign was supposed to help jumpstart the movement. But it then was supposed to kick in to create a virtuous cycle. And the kicking in never happened. And that was, and that was because if you're not paying attention, you sure as shit don't notice that Bernie Sanders has a flag pin on. You sure as shit don't care that he said that he wanted to abolish ICE. You don't even, you, you are not registering these things at the level of political engagement, so they are essentially useless to you. They're information. It, it's like fucking deep s- space readings from a fucking SETI uh, a tele antenna array or something. Just a bunch of beeps and boops in, on a screen. You don't know what they mean because you're not connected to it. It's, uh, it's idealism is what it is, guys. It's pure fantasy because like I've said, this argument is at the level of ideology and it does not engage with the material at all because it's all done online. And so that means that all of these ideas are purely generated by this fixation on a web conversation that is not being had by the vast majority of people in this country. And that there is no, not enough connective tissue between whatever the interests might be represented by the hive mind of Twitter or something, actually impressing themselves on the, part, on, on the political process more than things that are rooted in, I don't know, material interest and fucking money, like the entire media, like the entire po- 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 to po- po- both parties. It's just like the, the, the task was monumental. And, the, and anyone that wants to talk about campaign strategy at any level being the foundational reason, because obviously things were exacerbated by bad decisions in different areas, and we can talk about that. And I think Tracy and uh, Nagel pointed to one good one, which was, um, yeah, they clearly fucked up South Carolina just through the campaigning. I don't know anything specifically, but the results speak for themselves in that there was clearly some, something, whatever they were doing wasn't working and they didn't recognize that in time. And that Bernie should have been campaigning the whole time. He should not have waited until j- 2000, uh, What 2000, 2018, I think. Like the end of 2018. Uh, he should have been sort of the de facto candidate the whole time. Now, that would have still been hard because the media has to kind of go along with you on that. like By giving you attention. And they would not have done so. So once again a lot of these end up catching on the question of well where does where do you break these these path dependent cycles between the voters and the media and engage people who aren't essentially conditioned along certain ways So but I'm saying those things might have exacerbated it and like I said if and like we always thought, the hope was keep the anti-Bernie people from uniting until it's too late. And that could have worked. Even with the media against him, with a few things, with things going differently. With a smaller Biden victory in South Carolina for one. Not winning South Carolina, that looks like that would never have happened. But if they cut that margin down, that could have helped. That could have changed the contours of the race. Uh, and then but then, once Corona hits, the, you really can't be predicting anything anymore because like I think Bernie still had a chance after Super Tuesday in the conditions of a regular campaign where there're about roughly equal number of delegates. You don't have the economy collapsing and the giant viral attack. and Biden has to campaign regularly. He has to go outside. He has to meet voters. He has to shake hands. He has to give speeches every day. like this the fact that they ha- were left with the desperate move of going with Biden by Bernie that shows that Bernie was a threat and it also left them vulnerable in a longer run but of course we never got that for reasons that I don't think anyone could point to as being politically based and certainly not based on fucking Twitter conversations about abolishing ICE <sighs> Legacy of Asses uh, has some fun stuff in it, uh, and there's plenty of stories, true stories of CIA goof-ups, but it's got. It feels like a limited hangout because it's one of those books where its main put uh, argument is that the CIA is too bad at its job to really be a threat. That, that all of their worst crimes are crimes of incompetence that they then tried to cover up, and that's not really true. I mean. There were, there were a lot of genuine bungles. I mean, the way that they got like 500 Eastern Europeans contract agents killed because they kept dropping them into, uh, behind the Iron Curtain while Kim Philby was in the room knowing exactly where every one of them went and that they'd never noticed for fucking years that every single guy they sent over there got so That was a genuine bungle. Bay of Pigs, another real bungle. But that book doesn't have anything about, for example, uh, you know... The successful shit, uh, and it doesn't really talk as much about, and it doesn't really talk about MKUltra to any serious extent, or the chaos operation that went along with uh, COINTELPRO, uh, or Gladio and shit like that, which I know is a NATO operation, but the CIA helped set all those organizations up, all that post-war p- Project Paperclip stuff. It all it all gets kind of uh, soft soaked but there's still good information in it. Oh man, that CIA tweet, fuck it, eh? Air America. The motherfuckers. Mm. Like the biggest, most successful drug smuggling operation of the last 40 years was carried out by not fucking Pablo Escobar or El Chapo or anybody. It was the fucking Central Intelligence Agency. From the Vietnam War, creating a heroin network out of nowhere. There was opium in Southeast Asia, but there was no industrial heroin production until the CIA showed up in the early 60s and turned the Golden Triangle into the world's headquarters for fucking heroin, which they shipped around on Air America. Then, uh, after the Boland Amendment, and they were uh, cut off funding to the Contras, they fucking sold crack to their own citizens. For, I mean, they, they sold the heroin to their own servicemen, uh, because tons, by the end of the war, like a third of the fucking troops in Vietnam were on smack, and it was all provided by the CIA. Uh, like Milo Minderbinder shit. And then they sold crack to their own citizens uh, through Iran-Contra. And and then after Afghanistan was invaded, uh, they went from almost eradicating the poppy of, uh, crops to becoming now the world fucking headquarters for heroin production or uh, and for opium. And these motherfuckers... And of course, as I said, uh, Southern Air Transport, which uh, was the technical name for Air America... Bought by Les Wexner in the 90s. Used by L Brands to ship clothing across the world. Jesus fucking Christ. And they're just, they're dabbing on us. The fucking CIA's dabbing on us. Like the FBI and their Martin Luther King Day thing. This is like the fucking snowman. The Mr. Pol- Mr. Conspiracy Theory. I gave you all the clues. I guess we're just like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. Masks entirely off. I think we're definitely in the mask off decades. Cool zone decades. Mask off, whatever you want to call them. Favorite Chris Elliott, Uh, I really love, uh, I love uh, Get a Life, one of my favorite shows, seminal comedy influences as a child, but the actual show itself, you know, you remember as a kid there's bits, Spewey is a top to bottom masterpiece, one of the greatest episodes of uh, sitcom television ever, Eagle Heart's very good too, but god damn it, Cabin Boy is such a beautiful little gem, 90 minutes, mm. My favorite ice cream is the stracciatella Celli Gelato. I've had a fancy boy and fancy treat tastes. It is not Jenny's. That is some fucking Pizzagate ice cream. No thank you. Someone saw Tremors and says it's perfect. Thank you. Correct, it is. Oh, man. I don't know. By July 4th, somebody asked about the the MAGA protests of the 4th of July. I think everything's going to be out and about by July 4th. And honestly, I'm kind of getting to the point where I think the people who are... I mean, obviously not the protesters. Those people are buffoons. But people who are starting to go out, I think that they, honestly, as much as people are yelling at them and thinking of them as either selfish, which, yes, very selfish, but stupid and ignorant. Uh, I kind of think that they have a better grasp of the real dynamics at play here than people who are still sitting at home and making sure that they don't even go to their friends' houses or something because they, re- I mean, they might not recognize this, but as I have said, there's not going to be any cavalry coming. There's not going to be any fixing this uh, in a way that allows us to stay inside indefinitely. People are going to have to go back out. And as I have said, uh, that that's going to be the attempt to, like, boost the economy back up. And that's why when Trump was saying that thing about how testing is bad, given that mindset, it's not stupid to think that because that's going to undermine con- uh, consumer confidence. Now, somebody has said after that, uh, they've said, yeah, but it's not going to work. People aren't going to come out and the economy is still going to be dog shit. Um, and so it's still stupid. Well, yeah, that is going to happen. But the thing is, the people in charge of us they are not going to deviate from the course they're on. This disastrous mutual ruination where you ignore the science and you, uh, you, you allow the, the disease to run, its riot, run riot and try to recreate the retail economy. That is, Those are incompatible things because people are going to get too sick to work and people aren't going to want to go outside. They're not going to want to go to the place because it's still dangerous out. So that means that it won't work. But they're not going to do anything to change this course until they see that it doesn't work. And I'm not saying that in, in terms of like being an accelerationist. I'm saying realistically, given the people in charge, given the constraints, given their uh, their rewards, and given their knowledge and their values and ideology, every vector, they will always think, well, we could open things back up again, and it'll get normal. It will open things. They don't have anything else in the toolbox. So they assume this will work. They have to see it not work. And when I say not work, I mean now we have to do something else because the economy is still collapsed. And people are now sicker than ever. Something else has to be done. They will not get to that point until they see it fail. So if that's the case, why the hell don't we get it over with? See, somebody says, it's, it's going to kill who wants to kill and nobody's going to bat an eye. Yes, but people are still going to stay indoors to avoid getting killed. They're not going to bat an eye. They're not going to get too mad at the government for letting this happen. They're not going to have a revolution. But they're also not going to go to the store as much. They're not going to go to the bar as much. They're not going to go to the restaurants. They're not going to spend. They're not going to do this spending that has to fill the giant void that got created by demand basically drying up for three months that reality is going to persist and it's going to have to be dealt with, not in the sense of, well, shouldn't someone deal with this? In the sense of, the thing isn't going to work anymore. Like, the the lights aren't going to go on. Now, I'm not saying it's going to get to that point, but I'm going to say that has to be on the table as a possibility to get anything to change. To get anything to change. Now... What that change is, yeah, we could be talking about some nightmare like uh, where we, well, I've I've talked about this in the past, where we hyper-police people who are suspected or infected and let everybody else out. Uh, But honestly, the thing that could prevent that is just, there's a reason we haven't been able to get together any kind of testing and tracing mechanism, even though that would be obviously good for the economy. Like, if in the interests of capital getting trusting and tracing together would be in the un like not in any country there's no conflict there there's no like a post uh, you know um, 48 revolution in France uh, bourgeois conflict everybody in, in charge of everything wants testing and tracing because it would allow commerce and yet we don't have any that means that somewhere along the line there are too many hands out, there's too much outsourced uh, machinery and infrastructure. There's, there's, it's too threadbare of a, of a, uh, of an, inf- of a, um, of an infrastructure that it can't be done. That we can't do it. Like you say, South Korea did it. Yes, but South Korea has institutions that can be, that can be uh, built up, and scaled up to handle this. There's nothing that can be scaled anywhere because everything's been auctioned off. You would have to go stitch it back together. Wait, what happened to the Eurozone? Did they get rid of the Eurozone today? I mean, that was inevitable. It's been inevitable since 08, honestly. It was just going to need one more push for the Coke machine to fall over. I mean, it was inevitable as soon as they created... The EU is doomed uh, as soon as a... As soon as a big enough crisis hit it before its political uh, union had like solidified behind it. And so, since that happened, that basically... That was the beginning of the end there. That was when the tumor was first uh, metastasized. So what happened to it? What happened to the EU? The Eurozone fund got bailed out. Oh, more austerity for Southern Europe. That's great. Ah, uh, shit. Does that mean Italy's gonna go gonna leave? Yeah, no, the idea that they're, they're going to fucking make them borrow the money to avoid their society collapsing. Goddamn fucking Germans, man. Just replace the Panzer with a fucking fountain pen. And now a goddamn gigabyte. Am I right, folks? Crazy world. They ought to sell tickets. Well, somebody says no one's going to leave the EU because the EU serves the interests of capital. That's true, but there is a p- political legitimacy crisis in Europe just as there, there is us. And there are centrifugal forces operating on the EU just as there are the United States. And they're more intense in the EU because the EU identity is much more fragile. So there's going to be a conflict between uh, like, national-level uh, governing class... And the ruling, the ruling, you know, capital uh, uh, accumulation in Europe, and that's that's going to play itself out politically, and maybe militarily. Who knows? And that's that same pressure is happening in the U.S. Uh, the U.S. It, it'll take more for the U.S. to have the same uh, fractures, but I think that those pressures exist. And acting like they're not that, that they can't go anywhere, I think you're all the deme- anyone who says any of that like. Nothing will happen. You are assuming that we recover with a speed uh, and, uh, and smoothness that I just don't know is not, I mean, I'm not saying it's definitely not going to happen, but I'm saying 50-50. I have decided as a way to like clear my head of all these questions of what's going to happen, that I'm going to follow the Chuck Klosterman rule, which is that everything is a 50-50 proposition. It either can happen or it can't. That's it. It's binary. So therefore, there's a 50-50 chance of anything happening. And I know that's glib and it's, it's kind of just jackassery, but uh, you know, I think it's a good way just for your own mental health to deal with the questions of the future, both big and small, From who's going to win the presidential election to, you know, will the United States exist in 10 years? And the thing is, is that when those things happen, they will look very clear. Like, oh, obviously this was yes, but from this vantage point, it's a fucking fifty-fifty. Do you do any kind of meditation at all? Yes. Uh, ever since my moment in my garden, I have been committing to daily, uh, daily sittings. I had a really good one today. Uh, I'm really, I'm really, I've been groping around with it, you know, trying to see what works for me. But I found. I found some really. Uh, today was really great. I'll just say that I feel, I feel centered. So I recommend it to anybody who, uh, who feels like they don't have their their lives are a little too. Uh, they're just it's they're finding it hard to. Find themselves in a present, you know, like too reactive or too, uh, too wool gathering, you know, being in, in a moment. That's a good way to be in a moment. Kind of train yourself over time to be more in a moment. I hate the... Uh, mindfulness is awful shit because it's been, like everything else, colonized and turned into neoliberal uh, mind warfare. But that's true of everything, including Marxism, to an extent. But it's still good advice. The problem is, is that it just it doesn't... You don't know what it means because it's just a word. You have to actually, like, build up an understanding of it over time. That's why it's hard to communicate this kind of stuff to somebody you don't know. Oh, man, Wisconsin Supper Clubs. Woo! Grand tradition, very, uh, uh, left over from Prohibition. Uh, they were these, they were Prohibition-era speakeasies that sort of evolved into restaurants. Uh, their heyday was post-war era, of course, like it was in everything in America. there were these seedy, uh, well, they weren't seedy, but they were, they were very dark. Very dark, filled with cigarette smoke. Uh, huge, curved, uh, dark leather banquettes. Almost no direct lighting very, very dark. And everything is just a giant overpriced hunk of meat. Uh, and of course a fish fry on Friday. Whoa, people are bellowing tonight. Is it a full moon? People are getting buck. I don't go outside anymore. I said earlier because I don't want my neighbors to get mad at me. I get too excitable sometimes. I've been more chilled out lately, but... Problem is, I can't really modulate myself. Oh, right. It's 7 o'clock. That's why everyone's going crazy. I totally forgot. Oh, geez. No, man. Fish fry is, uh, that is, that is the inland, that's third coast shit. That's the, that's the Catholic, uh, the Catholic Midwestern heartland. Friday fish fry, baby. Have I had crawfish? Oh, God, yeah. They're not really worth the work, honestly, but I remember one time I was in New Orleans and I had a giant, huge, just cartoonishly heaping pile of catfish, or I mean of crayfish, and uh, just worked through them. My fingers got, like, bright red. It was fun. Uh, You know what? I'm not honoring the boaters because fuck the boaters. That's right, I said it. I'm fucking letting down the beautiful boaters. You know why? Because the beautiful boaters let us down. If you guys know anything about that horrific fucking uh, dam rupture in Michigan that's going to maybe, I don't know, poison half the state because a fucking giant Dow chemical plant's about to get fucking flooded is a private dam where this asshole owned he refused to do repairs on it that were required. Uh, or, I guess, suggested? I guess the rules don't apply anymore at all. Uh, and I just I don't understand it. At no point was he just, like, coerced by the state into fucking maintaining this thing. Anyway. Uh, and he wouldn't pay for it because a bunch of fucking disgusting boat shitheads who live on the lake and benefit from this artificial lake that was created for a re- uh, recreation uh, that they... That they pay for it, and they say, "No, you're making money off it. You pay for it. Like all of you pigs should be paying for this." And instead, they fucking flooded a goddamn town, gonna give everybody fucking Legionnaires' disease and goddamn uh, uh, microcephaly. And it is an exact historical echo of the Johnstown flood in late in Robert Baron era Pennsylvania. It was a private fuck. Uh, 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 Johnst- there was a dam near Johnstown, uh, Pennsylvania, that was used to create an artificial lake for the fucking Carnegies and their asshole friends to dick around in and the fucking straw boaters on on fucking pontoon boats uh, playing banjos or whatever the fuck else. And they just let it go to shit and none of them would pay to repair it and the motherfucking thing uh, exploded and killed the entire town and nobody got in trouble at all. It's good to know that we've progressed. So yeah, but those boaters are two just disgustingly pig-selfish to conceive of any version of a public good. And they can all fuck off. I used to fucking respect the voters. And now, I don't know anymore. I don't know if I can respect these voters. If they don't have any kind of civic understanding. Ah. Uh, It's sad too, because boats are cool. but the kind of things that need to go in your go on in your life to make you get a boat in this country, basically disqualify you from common humanity. Yeah, if it was Dunkirk none of those beautiful boaters would cross the channel to save their troops they would watch TV and they would complain that nobody else was doing it not one of them would think to go fucking hitch up their own fucking boat and ride into the, the, the strafing fire of the Luftwaffe fuck them Somebody wants to know about declining birth rates. I mean, that's a consequence of uh, of, of of ease of life, of 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 comfort, of so, of soft. That whole that dumb meme about the so hard times making soft people or whatever the fuck soft by the way things. It's a it's a byproduct of uh, of alien of, of of material alienation giving way to uh, to spiritual alienation. Because like there's a There's a sweet spot where people want to have a couple of kids. uh, And uh, that keeps, you know, birth rates going. Uh, But you get to a point and you're either too comfortable to really even conceive of a future and you're totally focused on your personal pleasure, so why would you need other people around in the future? Or uh, what happens in countries like the U.S. as opposed to more, you know, advanced countries... With, with higher standards of living uh, is that everybody fucking is so terrified of losing their middle class status that they can't have a kid. But if you don't have anywhere of that fear of falling, you'll have many more kids. In fact, you have to have kids. Uh, and it's, all, it's, it's, you, you, it's about finding a sweet spot of like assimilation and technology and, and, uh, and I mean it's not going to be a problem anybody's going to have in the future, I don't think. Uh, unless, of course, plastics have really done the number, which is, of course, the scarier idea, which is that it's not just, you know, a social phenomenon, or not just, not only a social phenomenon, uh, it's the result of the fucking plastic that we are all ingesting every second of our lives, even before we're born, and that, like, gets into our fucking, uh, uh, our, our endocrine system, and very well could be just decimating sperm counts and shit like that, and making it, making us all literally, uh, literally infertile like we could be going into uh, children of men territory children of men one of my favorite movies um but it looks like we might beat that to the punch like right now it looks like yeah yeah yeah, birth rate uh, plastic thing we get that but we're probably gonna um do something else some, something involving climate change and probably this virus this virus looks like something interesting we could probably work with that Uh, But yeah, no, it's good to have in the hip pocket. You know, down the road, if we make it through this, good to know that we've got the impending mass sterilization caused by uh, by, the omnipresence of fucking petroleum products. Fucking petroleum products. The goddamn dinosaurs. The fucking dinosaurs extincted us. Can you believe it? The goddamn dinosaurs extincted our asses. Those dumb fuckers with the little arms. They extincted us without even trying. Can you believe it? Those fuckers. And we make so much fun of them for just being like, those morons had no idea Big Rock was going to come and kill them. It's like, yeah, they couldn't have. They were fucking, you know, they were uh, animals. You are an advanced species. You know what you're doing and you keep doing it anyway. You are much stupider than dinosaurs. And they killed your ass without even being alive. Apparently, uh, dinosaurs are natural gas, not oil. But guess what? We're also using that shit. My favorite dinosaur uh, as a kid was probably the Triceratops. Because at the, um, the Milwaukee Public Museum, which you'd go to when you were a kid in Wisconsin, you know, Milwaukee was the like the the field trip location. Well, not for, I, for me anyway. And we went to the Milwaukee uh, his the Milwaukee uh, Museum, Public Museum, and they have a big thing. It's like a dark chamber, and in the chamber, there's this plastic uh, T Rex, and he's eating Uh, 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 a Triceratops that's on its side Uh, and it's got like the guts in his mouth and I don't know why but I guess I uh, I, I, uh, identified with the Triceratops which probably isn't great but what do you do Brontosaurus is not a real dinosaur i glad somebody enjoys the Triceratops. What do I think of the parallel universe discovered by NASA? Uh, I'm just sitting over here and we're like, yeah, no, no, uh, certainly nothing that uh, I did not that I did not anticipate. It's all coming together. All systems are, are, are coming into focus. But yes, uh, qu- uh, parallel dimensions, parallel realities, those exist. There's no question about that. It's so just the only question is whether they're accessible. This indicates that they're accessible, which is, If we can actually access that, then we're living in Rick and Morty world. And that would be, uh, pretty epic, I think we can all agree. Uh, if we got the Rick and Morty time, uh, portal world, or the dimensional portal world. If we get some dimensional cable up in here, I'd appreciate that. Uh, I'm sure it's not true because I don't know anything about science, but I'm going to choose to believe it's true because it helps reify a worldview and a, and a, uh, Attitude that I think is beneficial for me in the long term, so I am just going to just choose to believe that that's true and that they've discovered parallel dimensions and that one day I will get to go to the America where, uh, they never fucking canceled, uh, fucking Firefly. And there's 15 seasons of Firefly for me to watch. Oh, that'd be so great. Just zip over there get the mind discs and of course a mind disc player don't want to just have one without the other zip over and watch them all day Thank you. I am having a pretty good day. I'm feeling good. Oh, man. If we got to live in sliders, that would really redeem a lot of the shitty stuff. It's like, yes, yes, I'm sorry. Everything sucked, but you get to go to all these different universes and check out the version of you that uh, that actually knew how to dump it. That could, here's the version of you that could dunk a basketball. Live, with, Get to check out that guy's life for a while. How awesome would that be? Rick and Maddie. Oh, I wish. I would love to be uh, with a scientist of that renown and ability. Come on. What is the ideal slider burger? Ah, you know what? I've had fancy ones. I've had ones on little plates at at elegant openings and uh, events. I've had them at uh, reclaimed wood fancy gastro pubs with uh, beer flights available White Castle baby that's right White Castle god damn that's good fuck now you got me craving I'm not that hungry thankfully I won't have to get it but one of these days I'm going to have to get it now thanks to you guys you put it in my head the fucking oh those greasy little guys just pop them in two bites no one bite bang oh they're so good what do I get in Culver's I get the Butter Burger I mean, nothing's as good as that Butter Burger, because the Butter Burger is so much better than other fast food hamburgers. Whereas, like, they have a really good chicken sandwich, and they also have a pork uh, tenderloin sandwich, which you will not so- find at most other fast food restaurants. Uh, but the burg is so much better than other Berg's. It's got the crispiness at the edge. Oh, God. When do I have my new grill? Hopefully next week. Fingers crossed. All right. I'm going to sign off in a minute here. So a couple questions. Then I'm going to go make my dinner. Which will not be White Castle. Got to remind myself. No White Castle. It's going to be a regular uh, uh, charcoal. I don't want to fuck with a grill. With a propane tank. And I also don't really have room. But I did get... Thank you, the one got The person who recommended the the stove type thing, the stove top the stove pipe starter, I got one of those thank you, now I'm gonna be set I might have to get what what kind of uh, apron would go well maybe wear a, a brewer's apron, that'd be fun I will I will stream. I will stream. I swear it. As God is my witness, I shall stream my grillings when I begin them. When I commence the grillings, my first, vo- vir- my virgin grill voyage, before I do anything bigger, will be with you guys. How about that? I promise. Alright, guys. See you soon. Mwah!